Welcome back, listeners. Go ahead, Neil. Go ahead, Neil. <laughs> what I <got> stupid <laughs> game. <laughs> hey, That's welcome we back, today. listeners, to another episode of the new standard, Cotton Neil in mid-gulp. What's <laughs> up, before. Steeler Nation? Steelers, another victory, 4-2 and two to lead the AFC North, uh, one game ahead of the Baltimore Ravens due to a tiebreaker. Yeah, well, because they beat the Ravens earlier this year, which is looking like more and more uh, like an outstanding uh, win for the Steelers. So with that, I want to, as always, introduce my partner in crime. What's up, Big Neil? Lance, I, I don't even have words for it. In fact, I think I'm three stupid wins past having words for it. I don't know how the Steelers were able to pull this off today. 24-17 to 17 victory over the Rams in Los Angeles. We saw some atrocious football for three quarters coming from the Steelers. And somehow you, you got the same feeling. We've talked about this. It, when you let the Steelers hang around, they do things like this. I even tweeted it right before it happened, right before Deontay Johnson's big catch that, that kind of sent everything in motion. You, you have to stop this team out. It doesn't make any sense. When you're giving up three feet for, per play and you're up by two scores, you should feel pretty good about it. But when you're playing the Steelers, something's <laughs> going to happen. And, and it did. Whether it's, you know, it usually, I think one of the common themes here is you, you get uh, a, a special teams gaff or gaffs like we saw. To be fair, they're 50 yard field goals, but the, both of them look bad <laughs> in doing it. Uh, not well struck balls, as they would say. Uh, adding that into um, a a third down defense that really struggled to do anything. The Steelers gave up uh, almost, I I think they had six in a row at one point, which is a really, really high total. Uh, The Steelers had every reason to lose this game, yet they put everything together. Maybe some of the best uh, blocking up front we've seen so far this season over a a three series uh, uh, period of time. Uh, They ran the ball very well during that stretch, not a coincidence. And you got a, a, a man throw from Kenny Pickett staring down the mug of Aaron Donald coming straight at him, and he hit George Pickens square in his hands. He held on to the ball. He didn't get up and do anything. <laughs> Wasn't penalized for anything. It, 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 was, it was nice to see this team play really well over a, a, a three-drive stretch offensively and defensively. Yeah, but we're... that what? was a bad spot. <laughs> But, <laughs> They're gonna get ripped for that. That was a bad spot. And Felicia says, "Neil, I love you and your brutal negative honesty." I mean, Thank hey, you, Felicia. Most people tell yeah. me they hate my brutal negative honesty. I mean, hey, I mean, anytime you know, I'm brutally honest, but Neil makes me look like the soft and cuddly one at times and that's why we play off of each other and that's why you guys love the new standard if you want to catch it go to youtube do a search for the new standard neil Kulong and lance williams and also go to however you get your podcast do a search for the new standard and steelers want to send a big shout out to my aunt dale who was representing the taylor family was at the game representing the north side manchester one five two three three Thank you, Auntie Dale, for bringing home the victory. I want to also give a big shout-out to my guy, Chris Matinko and Matt Cabral, who are also at the game. 
my mom decided to get her hair done. She didn't want to deal with the crowds. She was like, I know it just get crazy around the stadium when the Steelers fans are there. So I'm just going to go get my hair done and watch the game somewhere else. But she said it was a total, she said it, it was just totally ridiculous around the game. She said it was black and gold everywhere, that it looked like the entire city of Pittsburgh was at the game. And she said it was just ridiculous getting home and it was just awesome. But, Neil, let me ask you this. Now, I want to jump into this sequence uh, uh, of plays late in the game. And I I fully understand, before we get into some numbers of the game, that, you know, a game is on into itself, it's it's a living organism. It's very much a lot of things are adjusting, happening in real time. A lot of things are changing. But I often wonder, man, why does it take like, why does it take so long for the Steelers to get Kenny Pickett into a rhythm? The drive where the Steelers had the ball starting the fourth quarter at 12 minutes and 36 seconds, they come out, nice short pass, boom, to Pickens, 15 yards. They come out, run it again for three yards. He makes a great play on third down. First down, they hit Pickens for 21 yards. They throw it again on first down, 10 yards. That whole sequence in this drive and this patch of plays, that 10-play 80-yard drive, was probably the best drive of the year for the Steelers and for the combination of Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada. Why does it take so long, in your opinion, to get to that? Because that's what we want this offense to look like. We feel like this offense can look like this more. What do you see? To, to me, and largely just based on the game we just saw, I would say this. The offensive line won the line of scrimmage. And with that, they were able to run the ball. They got the, the hole that Jalen Warren ran through in his touchdown was enormous. It was a well-blocked play, well-executed play. Warren read it correctly. Two plays each I got today for each running back that missed opportunities for them. Not big ones, but they took short gains to zero to, to negative twice each that they should have been able to hit. They didn't do that during that time. Pickett had a couple bad throws. Didn't have a bad throw during that time. They blocked. They gave him time. They seemed to know what they were doing. They implemented more stuff. The line worked in continuity with one another. And we don't see that up until these late drives. And I, I, I can't tell you why. I'd love to tell you why. It's not play calling. It's not just protection. It's not just the throws. It's not just the catches. It's not just the lack of stupid personal foul penalties. They just put everything together and they do it all well. Um, I, I would want to look and see what the defense was doing. I think we, you know, there, there might be an instance or two where, uh, they might not have been in the right coverage the way it seemed like the Steelers were for a lot of this game. But overall, I would say they just they, they looked like they were in rhythm with one another. Um, even you look at the end of the game, let's keep in mind, they failed on that that last drive. Really, I mean, you get to, to fourth and short at that point. That comes after offsetting penalties, two stupid things that happened in the game. Yeah, that Deontay Johnson penalty was wow. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I we'll, we'll wow. get into that. Um, overall, I, I think 
we just saw them doing the things that they needed to do in order to be successful. And they did them play after play after play. They weren't third and well, I guess they were third and long at that point, but they damn well almost converted it. They hit on, on the third down uh, prior to that in the, the previous series. Um, it, to me, it just, it looked like the presence of a lot of good things offensively. And for once it complemented the job that their defense was doing uh, under a lot of pressure. It's not easy to defend every blade of grass against a, a, a Los Angeles Rams offense. They're good. We saw that 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 Puka kid is for real. <laughs> He's a beast. Puka um, Nakua. They have good players. They're well coached. That's a tough opponent. It, it's not easy to go into to their place and put up 24 points, a season high for them. I'm pretty sure it was a season high in yardage as well. Um, it, it, as far as your specific question, I'm dancing around it. I, I don't know specifically what it is. I just know the protection, the, the run blocking was much more effective the last three series of the game than it was at any other point this year, pretty much. Uh, I don't know what they changed with that. If anything, they just started to win. And as I'm watching the game, they looked, even though they didn't score a lot of points, it actually didn't move the ball particularly well. It still didn't look as bad as I've seen it. it. It it looked a little more cohesive in the sense that the plan was to establish the running game and try to get the running game going a little bit more considering you're dealing with uh, quite possibly the best defensive lineman, ironically, uh, out of the University of Pittsburgh and Aaron Donald. I mean, but but I, I but I'm looking at this game, and you were talking about Nakua. Nakua was targeted. Um, I think I have it here. Let me let me pull up his numbers. Uh, he was he was damn impressive in this game. And That's one of the good. breakdowns uh, we talked about in this game was going to be the Steelers' ability to cover Nakua Matata and uh, Cooper Cup. And you know, both players were targeted 19 times. Nakua had eight catches. Cooper Cup had two catches, so they had 10 catches out of 19 targets. That's about 50%. Uh, Nakua had 154 yards receiving. Cooper Cup only had 29 yards receiving. So if you add 30, that's 184. Uh, the yards per catch, though, combined for both of those was pretty good, uh, probably around 15 yards a catch. Nakua had a long of 36. Cup had a long of 24. But it felt very much like a bend-not-break game. And that's why, to me, it felt like the Rams running backs played a little bit well because I think that the Steelers' game plan or focus on defense was to probably take away Cooper Cup, feeling that the running game can't beat us, but we can't let Cooper Cup get loose and really kill us. I thought defensively they did well in the passing game. Matthew Stafford was only 14 of 29, 72.6 rating. What's your thoughts on jpj's performance in this game do you think jpj is earning more snaps outside of his inconsistent tackling well something we've talked about uh up to this point has been uh it uh, um technique and coverage assignment as being part of the reason that porter probably wasn't playing as much um they say that they, they don't want him out there in obvious rundowns I think what that means is they don't want him in zone as much as they want him in man. When you see him, he's in man. Um, he's covering the big money downs, and he made a couple plays. Um, he got beat a little bit, too. Uh, again, the, the the Nakua kid's good. Um, you, you can't really take that away from him. And he's a big sucker, too. I mean, 
JPJ isn't a small cornerback by any means, but uh, uh, Nakua, he's large. Um, he's quick, excellent athlete. I'm not sure why he was, you know, selected where he was. I mean, it seems like he should have been pretty high pick, but uh, it, they do a great job of getting him open. And Porter had to battle uh, good lengths of the field this time. These weren't alley throws. This wasn't down the sideline uh, all the time. They had to get him to turn his hips and move. Um, people are going to say probably that he grabbed a little bit or he was a little bit too close. That's football. You know, you don't call that. I, I understand that Patrick Peterson got called, I thought was kind of a junk defensive pass interference call uh, earlier. And then they ended up getting our old buddy, Nick, uh, Kella Witherspoon on, on something before Johnson uh, was shushing him and drew his own penalty on it. I it, little ticky tack calls. I don't think should have been made. I, I like the way Porter competed. I like the way that um, it, it, he seems confident um, in, in not just his ability, but uh, he's not panicking if the receiver is front of him, which is something that's going to happen in man coverage, especially on crossers and things like that. You're not dead if the guy is just ahead of you. Um, it's something that he obviously did not learn from Levi Wallace, who looked dead, whether he was in front or behind of anybody who was on the field today. <laughs> it was, a, I think it was a good outing from Porter. Um, I would argue, though, with everyone saying, we'll get him out there all the time. There's a reason he's not, he's only playing in these specialized situations. Uh, this was not a good day for the Steelers' third down defense. Like you said, though, it was very much uh, bend but don't break. Um, when you only allow 17 points and your defense got moved for a good chunk of the game, usually that means turnovers. Usually that means missed field goals, and we saw both of those in the second half from the Rams' yes. day. Not that Porter caused those, but it, defensively as a whole, they're, they're putting all of that together. I, I like the progress that they're making with it. Uh, Porter looks pretty good. you got to be happy about that. You know, I'm looking at some of the comments, and the reason why I think I named the show, obviously, is obviously the Steelers are going to win games in this fashion. That, that's the most obvious thing about this team. And, <laughs> so stupid. And, and to Marcus J's comment, let me find Marcus J's comment. Uh, once again, oh, yeah, well, once again, y'all eating crow. Thank you. My crow is tasty. I love my micro medium rare uh but that doesn't mean but let me address that though let me address that though marcus i'm tired of you talking about me eating crow every time i get picks wrong look man this team was averaging 15 points a game and going on the road why in the world would i pick a team that averages 15 points a game to go on the road and win like miraculously anyway i was wrong i'm probably going to continue to probably pick the Steelers to the use. And that's for you too, Mel. I'm going to keep picking them to lose. I'm probably going to pick them to lose against I don't like them against Jacksonville. They going to pick them to lose. To be honest, that's not, well. that's not me hating on the Steelers. That's just simply, look at what's happening. You don't win games like this. Okay? You just, not consistently. I know they're four and two. The other shoe has to fall at some point. This is a team and Lance, you and I talked about this when they were, were building up two years ago, when it was the sexy tanking phase. We talked about them being a team that is probably going to have a four-game winning streak and a four-game losing streak in the same season. I think that's this team. Otherwise, they're going to go back and forth ping-ponging between you know, one, two win uh, losing streaks. Let, I, let I, I don't this. know if they're good or bad enough to be consistent in either regard. Let me ask you this. Based on what we've seen in this first six games, and it's a great position to be in 
to be improving and be six and two. And that the best quality that we've seen with this team is in pressure situations, they tend to be clutch. They do perform. They are getting big plays on both sides of the ball in pressure situation, in winning situations, which is always a good trait. Let me look into Neil Stradamus's crystal ball here. You get Friermuth back, who was put on IR. That means Friermuth can't come back, what, for another four games? Is that correct? Four games. Oh, well, three weeks beyond this one is when he's eligible to return. So you get Friermuth back. You get Big Hayward back. What's this team look like? What's the ceiling for this team if you get those two players back on both sides of the ball? Well, obviously, you're going to be better. Um, you're you're seeing very little production out of the tight ends without Frymuth. Um Today, I don't think we're going to review the game and see a whole lot of difference um, from what I just said. It, it, it's a very inexperienced group, not a group they can do a whole lot with uh, in terms of, of catching the ball, moving the ball down the field. Um, Hayward... I think solves a lot of problems. They had problems situationally uh, against the run again today. Um, that, that, that Henderson dude's big. I mean, he, he was, uh, he was a load. He's tough to take down, but Freeman was running largely, you know, in, in open field situations. I don't, you lost Cole Holcomb for a little bit. Uh, I, I suspect we're going to see kind of a gap of, of uh, run stopping ability without him in there, but put Hayward back where Hayward eats where Hayward has earned a Hall of Fame uh, bid, I think you're going to get more consistency out of your run defense, that leadership on the field, holding guys accountable, uh, making sure everyone's lined up where they need to be lined up. Those kinds of things are important. And I, th I think with a better run defense, they the Rams today aren't able to set up as many chunk plays as they did, though I would argue that those are probably more coverage issues. Uh, maybe they land on another sack or two. I thought the pass rush uh, was was pretty effective today. They couldn't quite get to Stafford a couple times. Uh, he made a couple, you know, Tomlin's going to say veteran cagey like plays, those kinds of things. Um, it, it, Hayward will it, accentuate all of that um, when he's back, when he's, you know, in shape and he's ready to go. Um, not too much longer, hopefully for him. And they'll be a better defense, and they're already a pretty good defense. Um, situationally, I think they've they've done well. It's kind of the opposite of the offense. They're they're giving up stuff in the open field, the weighty downs, as Tomlin would say. I think they're winning the that more often than downs. not. Uh, like third that. down today was a little bit of an exception, but they got good pass rush. You got another big play out of T.J. Watt, which is a weekly thing now, which is you know it, it's we, not even we? historic anymore. Can we call the weighty downs the fat ass downs? Fat ass downs. I like I, I like that better. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. What the, the well, I'm gonna like, say? I had something else. I'm not gonna say on camera. But yeah, fat ass downs work. <laughs> fat. I like fat ass downs. And let me ask you this: They got 300 yards of offense. Does that mean the streak is broken, or did they have to get 301? 400. Oh, it's 400 yards. yards. Okay. Well, they come were. on, Lance. We can get 300 <laughs> yards. They're able to do that almost half the time. <laughs> well, well, you know, you know, when they had about 133. 301 plus, more than half the time, I think. <laughs> I mean, they had 110 after the third quarter. Okay, so it's the 400. Yeah, so. that's, that's the point I was going to make in, in, in the last segment. They, you're going you're gonna to call me out. Okay, I, didn't, I picked the Rams to win the game. The Steelers had 100 yards of offense through three quarters. <laughs> they come alive for three drives. The Rams aren't able to close them out. 
this is what they do, and it doesn't make any sense. I can't bet on that to continue happening. It shouldn't happen. It should not. Baltimore is going to be kicking themselves at the end of all this with the way that they're capable of playing. The fact that they lost this game, the fact that it's still going to be competitive uh, with the Steelers up until the Bengals take flight, win their eight games in a row, and Baltimore ends up losing the division because they lost this game, the, the, the pass game. They had no reason to lose this game at all. Steelers just know how to drag their opponent down to their level and win games in the mud. And we've all played sports, and sometimes, you know, you try to not play like your opponent, but sometimes, man, you just end up getting in the muck when your opponent is in the muck. And if their best quality is winning ugly, please continue to win looking like Shanene. Let me jump into this comment from Gabar. And he wrote, which I think is interesting, can't survive nor thrive on a late second half wake up. Pickett has potential for growth. You would think so. One one thing for sure, canna don't hurts his growth. Mr. Magoo can't see nor design plays consistently. Yep. I think it says it. I think it says it all there. I mean, I mean, I mean. We know. I mean, we've seen it and we're fortunate enough and that's why that's why football and winning football is so difficult and why it's such a beautiful game because it's complimentary i mean when your offense is not going your defense has to do stuff to keep you in games and their defense played well enough to keep them in game in this game and they had uh you know enough time to make uh some plays and uh Baby steps. Mel said, uh, 300 yards is baby steps. It, it definitely yeah, is. To, to the rest of the NFL, it is. You're right. <laughs> yes, it, it, is, it is progress for the Steelers, but it is baby steps. Let me jump into uh, some of these other comments. Double H and Double H is in London. Big up to Double H. Uh, get some fish and chips, my guy. Uh, DJ does seem to make the offense more dangerous. Or maybe it was because our rushing was good in spots. What's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't deny the, the presence of it being beneficial for one and the other. If they're both doing well, they're both going to feed off the other one. But it's the explosive play. It's the ability that he has uh, to get open underneath and make something after the catch. He's a, a, an excellent route runner. He has great balance. He has great feet. You get him the ball, you can see what happens. Now take George Pickens out of the equation for whatever stupid shit that he's doing. And you have a lot more yards that just not to, to, you know, hijack this or anything, but that, that crackback block, it, it's, you couldn't have drawn it up better of what you are not allowed to do. <laughs> there is no way George Pickens was not taught to not do what he did. It, it's, it's embarrassingly bad. You can't just dial a guy up and simply put, if, if people are confused about that, the rule is uh, an offensive player cannot come back toward his own end zone to block a player. And what they mean by that is you can't hit him. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get in his way, but you can't dial him up, all right? doesn't matter what he was doing with his shoulder or where he was going or anything like that. It's not a question of whether he hit him in the head. It's the fact that he lunged into him at all. He can't do that. You think of it like a screen in basketball. That's all that you're doing. Is the anti-Hines rule? Yes, it is. 
Yes. That's and, and for that purpose. And you can kind of see, you know, not that we have a problem with it so much, but you can see why in the player safety era of the NFL, you can't allow people to do that. Well, if, Pickens, that. if Pickens wanted to, and this is why he was so upset, because he felt like he backed off. If Pickens wanted to, and he the rule didn't exist, that guy'd be in the hospital right now. He could have absolutely thing, killed him. That, what was the name of the guy that that Hines? He broke his jaw. Keith Rivers. It's Keith Rivers from USC. Nine overall pick. By the, yes, the he broke his jaw, and 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 that was pretty much it uh, for Keith Rivers. Marcus J asked Lance, "Why do they do us like this?" Obviously, because that's the only way they can win. That's what they do. Two Obviously. years ago, Lance, I was super excited and laughing about it because I thought it was funny when I said the only thing this team does well is win games. And here we are. And they 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 do that two-thirds of the time this year. And 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 double H, I think, said it best. It will be a dog fight all the way until week 17. Still a long season left. I don't think, I mean, the way they play and the way they struggle offensively and the way they find ways to win games, this is how they're going to win games. It's still going to be, I think, nip and tuck all year for them to have a positive point differential just because, you know, when they lose, they lose. And when they win, they barely win. But one thing in terms of numbers that I think stood out in this game, which is a positive thing hopefully the Steelers can build on, is one, they got three red zone trips, and two, they actually converted three red zone trips and scored three touchdowns. They kept scoring touchdowns at the end. Did you notice that? They they scored touchdowns. I, it, and so it, it blew my mind. I was like, wait, they already have their touchdown for the game. How are they still scoring touchdowns? Yeah, Other like, teams do this. We don't. Yeah, like three to- like they scored three touchdowns. So I, I think you saw some positive things. It's just my frustration when I watch them offensively is it just takes a very long time for them to find the sequence of stuff that Kenny likes, that they execute well. And I just wish they could bottle that drive up from late in the game, the drive that they use to tie the score or, or excuse me, to take the lead 24-17, that 10-play 80-yard drive. You know, I wish they could bottle that drive up and and have more drives similar to that. Um Another number that stood out, which I think was odd that they won this game, is that the Steelers were 4-12 and on third down, only 33% to the Rams, 9-15. of They were 56%. I think the difference in this game was the, the – excuse me, the Rams were only in the red zone one time in this game. Um, and the other two things that stand out very much so for the Steelers' victory in this game was the two missed field goals and the missed extra point. But, you know, when you're on the road, you're never going to apologize, period, for winning, particularly on the road. And teams have to execute to win. The Steelers executed in the big moments. Let me jump into this comment from Corey Hatcher. Uh, and he said, fool's go. What's up, Coach C? This is still the most putrid Steelers offense I've seen since the Ray Sherman day. Whoa, 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 whoa. Coach, coach, coach. Nobody said anything about gold, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it is better than what they found their last game. That's what we're excited about. It was actually kind of fun to see for once. Uh, they, they put something together. You have to admit that. Go back and watch the last three drives. There was something that worked. They ran the ball successfully with both running backs. They didn't miss holes. The blocks were there. It, 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 it was coordinated. They looked like they knew what they were doing. 
I know I'm talking about this like it's a peewee football team, but we've seen them play like that uh, a, a couple times. So there, there's there's something to take away from this. I don't. It was not a, a perfect game by any stretch, and there's a lot of bad film to go over. But they played well when the game was on the line. The the what do we call them? The fat ass downs. They yeah, they the won a few of those down. on offense at the end. Yes. and that that's nice. The fat ass downs, i.e. weighty downs. We're gonna call them the fat ass downs on this particular show. Let's jump into this comment. Downs. Uh, the badonky donk downs. Harry Robeson. Harry said, should the Steelers trade away any players that are doing well for them or who's doing the worst for the Steelers? You think the Steelers do anything at the trade deadline? And by the way, before you answer that, Neil, Gunner is gone. I know that makes everybody happy. We're going to be able to trade him. <laughs> Ding dong. Gunner no longer has any more shots in his pop gun. Any trades you think? Think Steelers do anything for the trade deadline? Uh, no, but I will remind everybody. I I went on this segment probably around this time last year and up until the trade deadline, saying they're not going to trade Claypool because there's no point in trading Claypool for anything less than a third round pick, and I don't think a third round pick is going to be worth them um, uh, uh, parting with a starter. They got a second round for him. You have to do it because he's a chum alone, and we we've seen nothing but that since he left anyway. I don't think they have a player like that uh, that has any sort of value that would be material to them. I think the Steelers would need a, a real compelling reason uh, to make a deal, and it's probably going to be more initiated by somebody else than by themselves. In other words, you traded for Minka in the middle of the season. It's obvious why they did that while people were split on whether that was a good idea or not. I was a big fan of it because you're getting a high-end first-round pick uh, with three years cheap on his contract for a, a first round pick that you don't even have to pay for right now it's a great move claypool great move because somebody overpaid for him to get over their arch rival the bears upped to a second round pick because they wanted to get ahead of the packers packers were worse at that point last year i don't think there's a situation like that on this team but you never know um if they make a deal they swap sevens like they did for for Allen robinson um a name we haven't brought up the former ram that came up with a catch at the end uh his stats were little less than compared to the Rams receivers. <laughs> Robinson had up one catch, seven yards. Our boy Puka, eight catches, 154 yards. I think the Rams won that deal, if it really matters. Uh, if anybody wants Levi Wallace, I am sure uh, the Steelers would think long and hard about Rainier. that. I'm not sure his functional use we, uh, is going to be as high in the second half of the season as it was can, in the first. Can we call him Wrangler? Wrangler Wallace. You know, I, I tweeted this, and I, I mean it as a joke, but at the same time, this is my legit feelings about it. We My family plays a Thanksgiving Day football game every year. There's always a couple guys on the field that last like eight plays, and that's it. You can tell that they're done. They thought that they were in better shape than they are. They can't run around for 45 minutes or however long we play. And at the end of it, they're pissed, they're embarrassed, they're getting beat everywhere, and they just kind of have a, 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 a fuck it mentality about the game. That's what Levi Wallace looks like now. <laughs> he's one of these guys. Honestly, there was a, a he, he covered uh, Puka across the middle on a drag route, basically from, from numbers to numbers, and Puka makes the catch. Wallace never challenged him. He makes the catch, and Wallace 
it's almost like in an effort to make it seem like he's trying to make the tackle, he just flopped on the ground. It's like, dude, you look like one of those guys in the Thanksgiving game. You just you don't want to run anymore, but you're embarrassed. You don't want to look like it. Maybe you throw up while you're on the ground as well. He was taking his mouthpiece. Wallace was taking his mouthpiece out of his mouth before Atwell even crossed the goal line. If, I don't know if you happen to see that. <laughs> Atwell cuts underneath. The play got all screwed up. The two receivers weren't supposed to be there. Somebody's in the wrong spot. Atwell makes a play on the ball, but Wallace had already given up. He was already content with the fact that he doesn't know where the ball is. He's not sure where his assignment <laughs> is. Everything is confused. Oh, yeah. Man. Okay, now he scored a touchdown. Now well, I can I, be dejected about it. I, well, I it, think it was God. He's just... Grayson, <laughs> Grayson said it best. Wallace and Chip Ham are not on the same level. Grayson, Chip Ham is elite. Like Mel said, uh, we'll trade Levi for a box of chicken and a six-pack. I don't know if you're going to get – you might get a six-pack of, of malt liquor with, with that. <laughs> you might you might get a six-pack of Ides. You know, six six deuce deuces or something <laughs> like you might get a six pack of mall liquor. You're not getting a six pack nobody's, of nobody's doing Italy. that if they have to pay Levi Wallace. And that, that's nah, man. Wrangler. Levi Wallace, you're, you're stuck with Levi Wallace. You're not gonna cut him. You're not gonna get he's they're too Tough far games. in now. They can't bring anybody else in there. They might reduce reps, although it looks like Shannon Sullivan's the one that, that is kind of the odd one out. Uh, they moved Peterson inside. I wouldn't think that they would do that, but um, they did. I, if you don't like Peterson now, you're really not going to like him inside over time. I thought he'd get work today. Um, they, they, to their credit, they did a pretty good job with Cup. Cup attacks from the slot a lot. Peterson had him a good amount yeah, of time. As that three, they did as a good job on him receiver. today. I want to look Let's at a little see bit what happens, though. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't like Patrick Peterson in the slot at all. I want to look at it a little bit closer. We we give Dan Moore a lot of uh, of whatever he let's just say Dan Moore earns a lot yeah. of us ripping him. I do want to take a closer look at Dan Moore less, uh, but uh, <laughs> and Grayson said, "Guys, guys, say less." Damn, damn Moore was more. We'll less see. Moore was more. Yeah, that that was the thought going into last week. I uh, it, it, I'll say this about Dan Moore. Uh, he was not, in my opinion, anyway. He was not the problem with the offensive line. There, there are issues with the tight ends. There are issues with the quarterback. There's something that's not connecting in, in their overall pass protection. It's not just Dan Moore getting beat one on one. He's done all right. You know, I don't think it, he was a lot worse two years ago. I know that. Um. I would have thought they would have started Broderick Jones. That would have been my thought. Uh, the fact that they didn't isn't – it's a little bit surprising, but keep in mind, we got – we watched Brojo against Baltimore, and we were happy. We were excited. He did really well, and he did. Should, does that make us completely forget the Houston game where he was not good at all? It, it, it's – I can kind of see where they're coming from. Um, and I thought, from what I saw, Lance, I, anybody else, I'm not sure what your guys' take of it was, I didn't think Dan Moore was was awful today. I think the sacks that came uh, early on were probably – you're probably going to see those are more on Pickett than they're on anybody. Um, when you see a max or an overloaded blitz coming, the quarterback – here's that word again, Lance – makes the check. You change protection. You change routes. 
Pickett has to be aware of that. He wasn't. They didn't do anything in those plays. They had two free rushers coming at him. The linemen, there's not a whole lot you can do. You had a, a four on two and a half blockers. So you have your guard, your tackle, and Jalen Warren out of the backfield coming to stop four blitzers. Randy! You're not, not going to win that. You're not winning that battle. So <clears throat> the fact that it happened twice in the first half, uh, but didn't in the second half, they got to correct it. That's coaching. So yes. I, I think yes. we're seeing some positive things here. And, and I think on, on those plays, I think they were probably more so attacking Jalen Warren in pass protection uh, as opposed to focusing on Dan Les, putting him in conflict in pass protection because he's a smaller guy, putting him in conflict and having him pass protect and seeing if he could. Uh, to your point about uh, Dan Les, excuse me, Dan Moore, Randy, um, I had it explained to me by the person who we will not name on this show that Tomlin is an old school guy in the sense that oh, yeah. you're not going to lose your job to an injury. And, and we, so and we talked about that. I, I can see it. I, at this point, I can see it. I'll just say that. I it, It's not going to be, I don't think it's over, but I, it, you know, it's tough. I just, I, I don't know why you traded up capital to get him then. You know, I, should have been ready for you to start. You know who we talked about in the draft process, Lance? Darnell Wright. Starting yeah. with the Bears. Pretty good. Yeah. I like Darnell yeah. Wright. He looks like a good pro. He could play right away. If that's what you wanted, you would have drafted him, right? So he, he, Yeah, it, it's just a matter of I, time. I could see you know, plenty of reason to want Broderick Jones on your team. You got to trade a little capital. They made it back. They made another trade later on, so they made it back. Net loss of nothing. Um, it's just, I, you know, it's, it's weird. We've been dogging Dan last for so long to have the number 13 overall pick guy that you gave up extra capital to get, uh, perform well and then not play. It's interesting. It's ballsy. Yeah. The person uh, whose name we'll never mention on the show also said, and I'm going to tell you this, I could share it with you guys, but I need to read it actually. Um, but, um, maybe we'll share it on the show, uh, on, on Wednesday as what the big reason is for him not starting but with that we're gonna go ahead and get out of here the Steelers four and two atop the AFC North Randy and Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett go on the road along with TJ Watt and an outstanding defensive performance and get a clutch big win out west which they rarely do Steelers four and two great way to start the week we're gonna get out of here I want to thank everybody for chiming into the program and as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers.